brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. live from wildfire sports studios for nbc sports philadelphia welcome to fourth and john episode 89 boys and girls did you miss us did you miss us because we certainly miss you and granted we did enjoy the last four or five weeks taking off kind of recharging the batteries after the super bowl kind of get kind of kind of resting a little bit Because we were on go since before the 2017 season, but it is great to be back. And while we were gone, man, a lot of Eagles news to touch on. Yes, sir. A lot of things to talk about. We got Brandon Graham's contract extension coming up. Jason Kelsey, highest paid center in the NFL. Glad to see that he's not going to be retiring, as rumors had it. Isaac Salamalo has got a little contract. Dwayne Johnson today was... Reported that he's going to restructure. Timmy Jernigan is going to walk. Michael Bennett trade rumors. Gale's got his combine review of positions of need for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm looking forward to diving headfirst into that. It is Gale time when draft time comes around. (laughs) He loves it. He loves it. He He gets to flex his draft knowledge. But first and foremost, I want to get to the Nick Foles news. Because, all right, okay, go go ahead, go ahead, pour it on. Because, of course, the last time you and I talked, boys and girls, in fact, the last couple times you and I talked, I was pounding the table that Nick Foles should be traded to bring in an asset for the Philadelphia Eagles for the upcoming draft. Clearly, that did not happen. (laughs) How many times are you going to play that boo clip? Now, normally, when I dig my heels into a take, I'm more right than I am wrong. Clearly the end result of this one, I got wrong. Nick Foles, it was announced at the Combine when Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson are doing their mandatory press conferences as they speak for the first time with the upcoming new season. At the Combine, right off the bat, Howie Roseman 
We're letting Nick Foles walk. So I'll take that L. I'll, I'll take the L. But I take comfort in taking the L knowing that I don't think it was for a lack of trying or a lack of effort on the Philadelphia Eagles part. A lot of the comments underneath the YouTube videos, which, by the way, we're streaming live right now. And we're also on Instagram live. A lot of the comments that were left underneath were saying, E-Rock, how did you not see this one coming? Even Gail. Gail knew this was coming. How did you not see this coming? Of course, this was the only logical thing to happen in the end for Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles. My rebuttal to that would be, if that was the logical thing that was going to happen, if the Philadelphia Eagles genuinely wanted to do the quote-unquote right thing by Nick Foles right out of the gate, and they had already made up their mind, why did they opt into the contract? Why did they opt into the contract and make Nick Foles pay them, in essence, $2 million to buy his freedom? Why did they do that? I think they genuinely tried to explore trade scenarios with other teams. But in the end, it's that never-ending question, that question that you will ask time and time again throughout your life in any sort of situation, and that is, is the juice worth the squeeze? And in the end, I think they evaluated the market. They talked to Nick Foles' camp. They talked to some other teams around the league and realized that they weren't going to get the type of asset that was worth moving around the type of salary cap that they would have to move, in essence, to get Nick Foles underneath the cap franchise and then turn and trade. Now, I think that the Ravens were smart in their approach. Because the Ravens decided to get ahead of the power curve and go ahead and trade Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos. That kind of that narrowed down the field for potential landing spots for Nick Fold and potential trade partner, partners where you could have them, in essence, bidding against each other. Yeah. If the Eagles were offered a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, like in the Joe Flacco situation, even me, who's sitting here standing saying you should trade Nick Foles, get an asset, get an asset, get an asset. At that point, you have to realize that you have to make some difficult decisions to squeeze Nick underneath the cap. Is the juice worth the squeeze? In the end, Howie Roseman comes out and says, we're going to allow, we feel like, you know, Nick wants to lead a team. We're going to allow him to walk a free agency. We're going to, uh, to do right by him, quote, unquote. But I did, I, I, I will take the L knowing full well they explored the opportunity. And if you can't get the job done, you can't get the job done. I thank Nick for everything that he's done for the franchise. He will forever be beloved. Gail, what say, what say you to, the, to start right out with the Nick Foles talk? How did you feel about that? Well, I mean, I, like I, like the, on our last episode, I basically said that's the most logical thing that will happen. What they needed to do was build up that market. They needed two to tango, maybe three. If you've got three interested teams in Nick Foles, the bidding war starts. Even if you got two teams that are interested, the bidding war starts. But after Flacco went, you know, and, and then the Redskins, are they going to – did they have any interest in him? Did the Dolphins uh, – they're, they're going through a rough patch. But I think Nick Foles, I, I thought, um, you know, it was a little PR thing. Like, we're going to do the best thing by Nick Foles. Right. Come on, man. You tried your best to trade Nick Foles. It didn't happen. Which which is okay. I mean, and you're, plus you're getting – I mean, they, they had to create the illusion. What you saw in the last part of the half could have been news stories that, you know, that guy from Denver had said, oh, you know, he was talking about Nick Foles. They could have been putting the same stuff out there. So I think, you know, you're going to get a, th- a third – basically a third-round pick next year. 
which you could also trade. It's a comp, a comp pick that you could also trade. Yeah, assuming that the Eagles don't make any sort of big free agent splashes, because of course the comp picks were announced, and the Eagles found themselves short of an expected fourth round pick because Mike Wallace kind of negated. I forget whether it was Vinny Curry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody was negated by Mike Wallace. So the comp picks don't automatically assume it's a third round pick. He's got to sign for a lot, though. He's got to sign for a lot. For it to and it depends on what the Eagles do in free agency yeah. and bring in that there's a whole formula over there that offsets it. So not only did the Eagles opt into the contract and, and basically if they were going to do the right thing right from the beginning, why take $2 million out of, out of Nick Foles' pocket, an organization which, by the way, rewarded Nick Foles in the offseason, yeah. yep. like upped his contract, and then when he didn't reach those incentive bonuses, paid, gave it to him. paid him anyway. Yeah. So why would an organization that is so far taking care of Nick Foles opt in to get that two mil back? doesn't make any sense to me. Also, you saw the Adam Scheffner tweet mm-hmm. that the Eagles were shopping. Uh, Nick, the Eagles were going to franchise Nick Foles with the intention of shopping him. And so specific as to say that the compensation looked for was a third-round pick. Now, if we learned anything from the Bryce Harper saga that thankfully came to a happy conclusion here in Philadelphia, it's that information that goes to reporters gets leaked from camps, whether it's the team, the organization themselves, or the agent trying to communicate publicly a thought or a demand. Um, I think that was leaked to Scheffner by the team. Again, trying to, what you alluded to, trying to trying to build up a market for Smoke screen. Smoke screen. Smoke screen season. Like, you'll see, like, these tidbits that hit the TL. They're, they're out there for a reason sometimes. Yeah. Whether it's the team. Gage reaction. Or the agent. Of yeah. the player, said player. Like, you can make that, uh, you know, secret team that's bidding. Like, you start bidding wars if they feel like there's another player involved. So, uh, you know. And look, it, it, not saying that this would happen, but just to put it into some perspective, if all of a sudden the Jacksonville Jaguars came up, and again, would never happen, but with a, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick for Nick. The Eagles would have done everything in their power and made the difficult decisions that they would have had to made to get that first-round pick. They would have cut some players and made, and, and made some cap room. They would have made it happen. If it was a second-round pick, I think they would have done it. But I, I honestly, if I were to sit here in front of this microphone, Nick Foles was traded for a fourth, and they had to get rid of a couple players that fit Nick Foles. I, I wouldn't be raising my arms in victory in the hot take opinion column. I'd be like, yeah, they traded, well, but it was for a fourth, and they had to get rid of a couple guys in order to do it. So in the end, I think they tried. They couldn't get it done. Glad to be moving on. Hollywood Hearn, how are you? First time I'm seeing you yes. in a while. It's been a while. It looks like the first I've, time. I'm taking on a new look. Yeah, it looks the like Doug the first Pearson time that look. you've actually like looked into a mirror. What? What? Explain <laughs> what this is see, right now. I got so amped up that we're going to be talking football. I just had to throw on my Doug Peterson gear and just try and try and be in his body, be in his mind. Show so him the I, lid. I, Show him underneath the lid. Oh, you like this? We got a little. Look, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, that's this the, is, that's uh, the Philly special, folks. Is it? That's the that's the Coy Detmer neck beard you got going on. Yeah, there. it's that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a little a, rough. That's, a that's why we're in podcasting and not television. Right <laughs> yeah. Hollywood Hearn's been on a bender for the last four yeah. weeks. They, and, they, uh, dra- they dragged me out of a pit to come do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. Anyway, uh, the exciting like for the true football fans that are out there that aren't just fans of what goes on on the field but are also fans of the, of the business side of football. Mm-hmm. This is a very exciting time 
This is this is Howie's time to shine. And there's one thing that Howie has made him made himself known for in previous seasons, and that is making a big splash in the offseason. He's he's done it time and time again. Uh, whether or not he's going to be able to do it this offseason is is still unseen. We got cap issues right now. Everyone's talking about Le'Veon Bell and bringing him to Philadelphia. I mean, we, we've talked about it uh, behind the scenes that the money just doesn't sound right. And um, especially if, had we uh, traded Nick Foles, that would not even be in the realm of possibilities. But uh, I, I'm interested to see what, uh, like, we, we've got a lot of guys that are, there's a very defensive line, heavy draft. Uh, we've, there's a lot of guys that are on the defensive side of the ball that are veteran free agents. Uh, many safeties, a few defensive linemen. There's a lot of holes that we could fill with what we got, and uh, I'm just interested to see how how he's going to do it. I mean, it's interesting how how it's 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 definitely Howie season, but uh, you know he he backed his words. You know he he talked about giving market value deals to players that are in house, taking care of uh, their own, and also rewarding some of the younger players who are you know maybe a year ahead before they're getting to their contract, you can get them cheaper. Isaac Sumalo, it's not the sexy signing, but you're looking at a lineman that can play five positions. Mm -hmm. A smart guy, you don't don't have, many teams don't have a a player like Isaac that can play all five positions, you know, in a heartbeat. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. There's words that they'll probably extend Big V as well. So how he's doing, how he thinks, getting players to sign cheaper deals having them sign early. Right. And be, and beyond free agency and beyond the draft, I'm interested to see the guys that we acquired last year take that next step. The Jordan Mailatas of the world. I'm which, they ha- which they have to. Yeah, which they have to for, in order to create depth for, mm-hmm. for our offensive line. I'm really interested to see with these guys that we picked up last year what they're going to be able to do in year two. In a very macro scope, including pretty much all of Philadelphia sports, I feel like the, the offseason that the Eagles have gotten a start to kind of jives with the overall feeling of Philadelphia right now. I mean, there, there's guys like Jason Wirth pitching the Bryce Harper, the culture of the Philadelphia sports fan and the culture that, that Philadelphia brings. You got Mike Trout talking to Harper about the culture and everything like that. When Harper signs, you've got Carson Wentz sell, uh, sending out congratulations. You've got... Alshon Jeffrey sending out congratulations. You've got Ben Simmons quote tweeting Alshon Jeffrey saying Philly is the place to be. You got Bryce Harper and Le'Veon Bell's DMs sliding up in the DMs being like, let's make something happen in the greatest sports city in America. When you take a look at the moves that Howie Roseman has made so far, Brandon Graham, yes, he's on the north side of 30. I understand that. And once upon a time in the Eagles front office, 30 was a was a word you did not say. 30 3-0 was a dirty word. You didn't even want to reference that. You got rid of guys like Jeremiah Trotter because they hit 30. You got rid of guys like Hugh Douglas because they hit 30. Here you have Brandon Graham, who a lazy fan will look at his stat numbers mm-hmm. as far as sacks go and say that that guy's not worth the money that they signed him to. But when, chill, chill. when you take into consideration that, number one, Brandon Graham is one of the best pressure defensive ends in the league, one of the best defensive ends that plays the run. I think you'll agree with yep. me on, on that one, Strong Gail. The run. But more importantly than any of that, he is such a locker room leader, a good overall guy, a guy that's going to help gel that defense together. 
like like everything positive you can say about Brandon Graham applies. He won you a Super Bowl and he was rewarded. Jason Kelsey getting himself a contract extension. Now the highest paid center in the NFL. We'd get Jason, we don't want you to retire. We want you to stay in Philadelphia. We want to reward you. Say, say uh, Isaac, you know, who, who, who you just yep. referenced. He's like, like they're taking care of their own. They're taking care of their own game, uh, own kind. So already the Philadelphia Eagles are off to an offseason that I think is just jiving with the overall aura of Philadelphia sports yeah. right now, which, listen, this is the place you want to be. And if you perform, and if you do your job, and if you're a good locker room guy, this organization, time and time again, has proven, whether it's signing or doing the right thing by Nick Foles, they will do the right thing by you. Come play in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, what's that look like to two uh, guys outside the Eagles? They look at yes! this organization as a place where they can have a good relationship with the organization. You look at the Pittsburgh situation. You, you're looking at uh, issues between upper management and the players and the coaches over here. We have a, you know, you know, a coach, we have a coach, we have a locker room, we have a GM and an owner who understand what's going off off the field. Whether it's players who have, have things causes they stand for, but it, it's it all ties in together. And I, I think bringing back uh, cultural leaders and. Jason Kelsey, I mean, not not only for the team, but for the city. Mm-hmm. And, and Brandon Graham, who is, you know, you might look at the, it could have been a smart move signing him before he got to the free agent market because all the top defensive ends. It was so smart. Yeah, they all got they all got uh, taken away. And you, you're paying Brandon Graham the 10th highest defensive end in the league. Yeah, so that's, that's not bad. That, no, that, no. That's, that's not bad. I think both sides can walk away from that negotiation table feeling pretty good about what happened. Because you're right, the Eagles did have the foresight to look at all those potential free agent defensive ends and pass rush specialists, whether it be D. Ford in Kansas City. Big Yonsa. Uh, I, yep. I, I forget the guy in Seattle. Trey Flowers. Yeah, Trey. Um, Brent Clark. Clark. Clark mm-hmm. in Seattle, Demarcus Lawrence in, in Dallas, mm-hmm. Javion Clowney. I mean, J- Clowney got the transitional tag, but nevertheless, when you take a look at a crop of potential free agents, you know half of those people are getting tagged. Yeah. Half of them are getting tagged, and or half of them are getting And some of them might not show up, Demarcus Lawrence in Dallas. Well, isn't it, isn't it, <laughs> isn't it interesting that Randy Gregory oh, gets yeah. Suspended indefinitely, which I'm going back and forth with Cowboys fans because for some reason they have it in their mind that indefinitely doesn't mean infinitely. This guy is on his fourth strike. Yeah. He's on his fourth strike. He was brought back. He was conditionally reinstated after his third strike, and now he's getting suspended again indefinitely. And it's tough. He, uh, that guy had red flags prior to the draft. I mean, it, it's not like you couldn't see this sort of coming. You know, he was supposed to be top five talent, fell to the second round because of the red flags, and now here we are years later. Uh, I mean, that's what you, you you get when you draft guys with red flags. But Demarcus Lawrence is going to cost, uh, now being tagged twice, somewhere in the neighborhood of $21 million for the Dallas Cowboys. They're, they're, now that Gregory is going to be suspended, Nobody knows how long, but I think it's longer than Cowboys fans think he's going to be. Yeah. Like, At I think Cowboys year, fans I mean, yeah. think he like, all right, he'll be gone for four games. We're all we're all good, dude. No, this is his fourth suspension. Look at Gordon. Okay, 
He was suspended entirely. Gregory was for an entire year. So I mean, you yeah. only get you only get so many chances. Their next three defensive ends on the depth chart, I think last year had a total of I, I got to look at it again. I tweeted it out something like seven sacks between the three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David Irving's gone as well. Uh, I mean, no, he wasn't probably coming back anyway. But it's it, it kind of makes you think about the locker room, what's going on there. And you got Gregory Irving, both smoking the. Demar- Demarcus Chiba Lawrence Chiba? not showing up is going to completely shift that uh, that Cowboys defense. He, he shouldn't show he's, up. He's, he's he the, should not show he's up. The core player of that, of that N- defense. Not only is he, or are they going to have to deal with him possibly holding out? Yeah. But that dude needs surgery. He needs surgery. Oh, he's the shoulder, right? Yeah. Yep. That's going to take three to four months to recover. And chances are he's not going to have that surgery until they agree to a long term thing. So already, if he was to have it today, he might be ready for the start of training camp. But the longer this kind of... Remember we're going into the season and playing the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dude, everybody else's misery just brings me happiness. Remember we were talking about, all that defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys, defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys, strength of the Dallas Cowboys. That's not going to be a strength next year, especially... And they pin themselves in a corner by having a guy like Gregory and banking on a guy yeah. like Gregory, trusting a guy like Gregory. Now they got to tag this dude, and he needs surgery. Like, like it's backing themselves into a bad corner. Speaking of backing themselves into a bad corner, did anybody see? happen to see what the Giants were up to? They let Landon Collins yeah. Yeah. walk, in essence. He's going to become a free agent. They didn't tag Landon Collins. Gail, did that surprise you at all? Um, you know, they they chose to pay Eli Manning what he's paying seventeen million dollars. Uh, I I spoke to some because I I had tried to figure it out for myself. I'm like, am I missing something? I talked to my boy who's a big Giants fan. He's like, you know, he's had some issues with coverage, but I also think who's playing next to him. But uh, eleven mil, yeah. But not, not only who's playing next to him, but. How long was that defense on the field? Well, even the culture, even the culture. Yeah. Was, remember, Landon Collins was calling out his teammate, uh, um, the, the the guy that went to the, um, the Saints. But there was a, Eli Apple. It seemed like there was a culture problem in the defensive side of the football. I mean, he, he was he was a team leader for the Giants. So I'm happy to see a team leader from the Giants leave. Surprise, surprise, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad not to see him. I'm glad not to see him anymore. And it's such a weird thing with the New York Giants because they kind of did this to themselves. Right now they're $27 million under the cap. If you look at their top three players as far as salary cap goes, Odell Beckham Jr., Eli Manning, Olivia Vernon. Okay? these are th- That's taking up damn near close to 40% of their entire salary cap. An old, washed-up quarterback... Who's out of gas? I mean, Giants fans don't want to admit it. He's out of gas. A diva wide receiver who continues to be a distraction, and a defensive end who they've already tried to trade. They're trying to trade the guy. Like, like that's an amazing thing to not franchise tag, being twenty seven million dollars under the cap, a guy like Collins. A makes me question what what the hell are you doing? B what are they going to do in free agency? The, the, playing devil's advocate, though, does it make you think why they would choose to do such a thing? Like, is there something that we don't know potentially about Landon Collins that— I think is, Gettleman's an idiot. That's what I think it is. I think Gettleman's just flat out an idiot. He's, he's old school. He's a, he's a guy who makes fun of analytics. And, you know, the Eagles are—you know, they're big in analytics. There's a, there's a reason why a lot of the players that we bring in, you know, it's analytics are behind it. Uh, he laughs at that kind of thing. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad he's messing up. 
So the Eagles right now, speaking of salary cap, I just checked over to cap.com. It's a fluid situation. Salary cap, especially this time of year, is always kind of a fluid situation, especially with Lane Johnson reported today he's going to do some restructuring. How much that frees up in cap, we're not exactly entirely sure yet. I would assume it would free up anywhere between 2 to $4 million, assuming. not. It's not going to be a big chunk, but it's going to help. Yeah. I think it's a question mark when it comes comes to the number that we see out there. Like no. I, don't, I don't think we actually know. Uh, a real solid number, uh, especially the way that uh, Howie makes these deals. You know what I mean? But as of right now, Over the Cap has us at 10.6 under the cap. Now, keep in mind, you always need to leave, and Gail, maybe you can back me up on this because I don't remember clearly. What is it? Between five and seven yeah, for no, rookies? Yeah, right, right. You need, you need about five to seven million dollars going into the draft just to sign your rookies. Keep in mind, Eagles have what, 11 picks? Eleven ish. Uh, I, I think nine. Was it nine? All right. They have a lot of picks. Yeah. So they're going to have a lot of rookies that they need to sign. Not to mention undrafted rookie free agents, but they never cost much anyway. So nevertheless, the Eagles are even going to have to pad that a little bit more to make room for all their rookies. So Gail, let me ask you: free agency is next week. We're, we're like right around the corner from it. We know who's going to be out there. We know who's already tagged. We know who's already resigned. Eight picks, by the way, eight picks. Eight picks. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? You know then, why we're thinking nine because of that one comp pick that we weren't going to. But get. isn't it only three picks in the first two days? Three picks in the first uh, first two days. That's yeah. right. Well, that's where most of your money 20, would 25th, be spent as well. Two so. second round picks, and and we gave up the third for Golden Tate. So, Gail, knowing that uh, as we like to call it around here, balling on a budget. Yeah. Is there anybody in particular that you would be looking at for the Eagles to bring in? Free agency wise. Free agency wise. Uh, you know, I, I really think you got to turn to the draft. Um, you know, there, there's there's some players out there like if we if we let Hicks walk, I think, you know, CJ, yeah, CJ Mosley, maybe CJ. I mean, a lot of people are, are high on him. Uh, if there's a, you know, and then you, you tie in the Joe Douglas factor, absolutely, he's an ex Raven, yeah. Uh, but you have to have to ask why they let him walk in Baltimore. Maybe, maybe to make up some cap room. Yeah, you know what I mean. They just cut Weddle today, by the way. Yes, they did. Yeah. Speak, a lot speak, of safeties on the market right now. A lot of safeties on the market. Alex Jones as well. Spe- speaking of which, you know, the Eagles kind of had the foresight to take a look at the defensive end market and know that a lot of those guys were either going to be franchised, transitioned, or signed anyway, and know that Brandon Graham was probably going to make more on the free agency market than he would if they signed him in-house right now before the, tra- before the, the tag period ended. I wonder with Rodney McLeod kind of extending and restructuring earlier on, that was kind of the big first big uh, transaction of the offseason, getting Rodney McLeod in-house and a lower cap number because he certainly wasn't going to stay on board at the number that he was at. Um, Would they revisit that conversation knowing there's guys like Landon Collins, knowing there's guys like Eric Weddle all of a sudden on the market available? Tyron Matthew. Yeah. yeah, at the at the safety position, I I, I wonder that because those are a couple good ones. Yeah. They, 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 a lot of their moves that they do, they they forecast. Yeah, you know, they they know the situation ahead of time. You know, and then going back to the draft and thinking, why would the Eagles, you know, think about you know moving back and, and getting a second round pick next year, which is this year, yeah. knowing that it's a historic defensive line group, knowing that we have to get younger at the position. It makes sense, you know. The Eagles, the Eagles do things ahead of time. 
Now, here we are celebrating all the players that the Eagles have made an effort to retain, rewarding the players that uh, that helped contribute to that Super Bowl year and that are leaders in the locker room. But, of course, every offseason comes with its tough decisions to make. And Nick Foles isn't going to be the only person in a different uniform next year. They decided not to pick up the option for one Timmy Jernigan. Gail, how do you feel about that? Because um, I know you're a big Timmy Jernigan guy. Uh, I, I mean, I felt like that move was coming. I think, you know, there's a lot of risk in that injury that he had. Uh, I saw Shield Kapadia wrote, he, he overheard in the locker room about Jernigan talking about he never thought he might play football again after that injury. Now you think about you're going to pay that kind of money to a guy who potentially could get re-injure himself. Mm. Um, you you got to walk away at that point. Uh, and they they got they lucked out in a situation where they could walk out walk out, back out of that deal. Yeah. Just yeah. a year and a half ago, they gave him the deal. They thought what was it forty eight mil or something like that? it was yeah, a big I mean, extension. Yeah, so I mean f- that opportunity to back out of the deal was like a kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, and after he got paid, he, he really didn't show up as much as you wanted to, uh, wanted him to. Um, but I, I know he was huge in the locker room. He gave a little push at the end of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but didn't really give us much last season um, due to the injury. And while it was a necessary move, it does leave the Eagles kind of unusually thin at the defensive yeah, right. tackle position. Obviously, not. It didn't work out the way that everybody thought, or at least as a as a good rotational player. That just that experiment didn't work out. And you pretty much have Fletcher Cox and a bunch of other guys. You know what I mean? Like like a couple other guys. Right. So obviously now a position of need. Which Gail, it's pretty soon we're going to go through because it's it's going to be Gail season. We talked about Howie season is going to be Gale season with the with the combine and the draft, but also too there was rumors at the combine of maybe trading one Michael Bennett. There's a lot of pros and cons to this one. I don't like it. I'm not a big fan either, Gale. Um, coming from you're trying to speak in Howie's voice, I could understand why you know looking at his age. Um, looking at the the cap hit, thirty four years old, seven point two million, which is still not, productive, not bad, right? Still you, productive. You know, we gave a fifth and Marcus Johnson to, just to bring him in house. Yeah. If he can flip that to a fourth, that's a win in our book, in Howie terms. Paper. But he he was very productive. Now, if you think if if Howie's betting on that, um, you know, Brandon Graham is a better player this year coming now that he's healthy. You, know, you talk, talk about the, he had a high ankle injury last season. Brandon Graham gives you more production. You got Derek Barnett back. Yeah. Think about the beginning of the season when uh, um, people were thinking Bennett wasn't, you know, he's getting, he was crying, not crying, but he wanted more playing time. Right. Now Barnett's going to come back. He won't, Michael Bennett wants to start. I mean, but he gives you that flexibility. You can move him in, inside. Brandon Graham can play inside, so you're talking about that defensive tackle uh, missing that we might need. You still have those guys that can give you that versatility, but I think, you know, Nelson Aguilar, as they got that high cap hit right now, and Michael Bennett, that's that's a, that's a chunk of money right there. They're kind of in limbo right now. Yeah, but more importantly, those the, the two that you just mentioned, what they have in common is that is there's no dead money against the cap. Like, if they were to move on, if they were to trade Michael Bennett, the Eagles aren't eating any cap. Yeah. That's the one benefit to, right. to, to moving on from. Same thing with Nelson Aguilar. I believe he has, yeah. like, $9 million. Yeah. It's, a, it's a $9 million number. They, they can restructure there's, it. They can restructure it, but there's there's no dead money there. 
So if they were to, and you, it's, a, it's a good deal for Michael Bennett. Like you're talking like 15 million for two year, the next two years, you're getting a quality defensive end who can give you something that that's worth something if plus, you need a pass rusher. Plus, it, it, it's it's not depth. It's not like the Eagles are extending Michael Bennett. They will say goodbye to that for the two years that he played in an Eagles uniform after next season. They're not extending what would be a 35 year old defensive end at that point. Right. So maybe, you know, it, it, it's advantageous to trade him for some sort of value, pick in a player, move up, pick or, or a player, maybe Duke Johnson, who you were talking about, Gail. Yeah. There's rumors rumbling yeah. at, the, at the combine. Guy was Duke talking, Johnson in Cleveland. Guy was talking about last year during the trade deadline that could make yeah. sense for the Eagles offense. As soon as uh, they, they brought Kareem Hunting, I was all, all I was all in on the Duke Johnson trade, you know, because it, it makes sense. A guy who's caught two hundred thirty five balls in the last uh, four years, a guy who can give you that versatile chess piece out of the backfield, a uh, guy that, who can eliminate roles in this offense for Sproles and Clement, mm. uh, you know, and, and then you draft a running back, pair that up with. Um, Corey, uh, I mean, you still got Corey Clement on the roster, and you have Duke Johnson, and then you draft the guy. That's yeah, and, and Howie and Doug kind of, I think Doug more specifically spoke to the way the running backs are utilized in the Philadelphia Eagles system, and it's a stable. It's 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 a running back by committee. That's been a formula for success with them, which is all the more reason why I don't. Like Le'Veon Bell is the nice shiny yeah. toy that everybody's gonna want, but the reality of the situation is the Eagles will probably bring in via trade or maybe free agency, a low budget free agency, like they did with a Garrett Blunt. Right. You know, try to bring in a veteran for Not the sexiest. Yeah, Tevin Coleman was I, that's the, the other guy that I wanted, but he, he'll probably fetch a little bit more than you know for our budget. Yeah, yeah. Like Duke Johnson would be like. That that would be an equal. Does Alex Collins interest you at all? Yeah, not really. No. I mean, he's got to get as a depth guy. As a depth guy. Yeah. 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 So I think I think like a guy like Duke Johnson for the running back situation would make more sense. Just the way the running backs, the way they're utilized, are structured. Like the Philadelphia Eagles structures that, the way they utilize that, different skill sets against different defensive looks, different skill sets against different defenses, almost from a week-to-week basis. Because remember, like, we had the LeGarrette Blunt weeks, we had the Jay Ajayi weeks, we had the Darren Sproles, you know what I mean, back in 2017. Yeah. Even last year, like, you had the Josh Adams game because, you know, they, they, the defense maybe didn't hold up against a sort of ground-and-pound, north-south running style running back. So they, they kind of match up the running back to the defensive situation that they're seeing. The guy like Duke Johnson would fit in. Like, uh, you, could, you, could go to, you can go to Twitter right now. You could do a little homework assignment. Just type in Duke Johnson underutilized. You'll be amazed by what you see. Because everyone, really? anyone who's watching closely enough knows that he should get. He should warrant more touches. Mm. So it's it's a thing, man. It's a thing. Like, and he can give you some. Uh, he only had like forty rushing attempts last season, but he's he's a monster in the passing game. Absolutely, which is so important for Doug Peterson's offense. Like, if you have a if you have a running back that can catch passes out of the backfield, that that's going to earn you more playing time. That's going to earn you more playing time. You'll be utilized more, and Deuce Staley's going to rotate you in and out. Now, I want to get to. The NFL Combine. Uh, because I don't know about the rest of the people out there listening to this podcast. 
I didn't watch it. I don't watch an ounce of the NFL Combine. <laughs> because, uh, what are we doing? The booze. Get him out of that. Put him in a bathroom this This is my first show back. I'm already getting booed. Damn, we're off to a good, uh, good start in 2019. But if you, uh, it, it, for me, the Combine, what you see on TV isn't as important as necessarily the eyes from a national audience are viewing it with. To me, the the teams, all 32 of them, already got the tape and already got the book and already got the notes on all of these players. When they're running the, the shuttle drill or the three-cone or the 40-yard dash, all they're doing is verifying what they see on tape. If somebody runs a little faster... This guy's a little faster than I remember him seeing. Go back and check the tape. Oh, this guy ran a slow 40 time. Well, maybe, maybe it's just, you know, what he's running right now. An off day. Yeah, yeah maybe it's uh, he has more game speed than he does straight line speed. Let's go back and check the tape. It's used as a verification. The most important things about the combine are the things that we ain't never going to see. Ain't never going to see, which is the one-on-one interviews. Where a lot of times they they get, they get quirky with the they questions. get quirky, but they try to make because nowadays these draft picks are so coached up by agents, and the agents even hire PR people to to kind of coach them up on what to say and what to do that they'll throw them curveballs on purpose just to make them uncomfortable. Like when you make this individual uncomfortable, <laughs> how do how do they react? Yeah. Also to the medical, it's a big test. The medical is huge at the combine. I think those are the most. Two biggest important parts. But, Gail, looking at the performances at the Combine, I'm going to shoot you some positions of need for the Philadelphia Eagles. You tell me, as somebody who didn't watch the Combine, hey, these are maybe some guys you should be on the lookout for, especially in the first one or two rounds for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'll lead it right off with what we were just talking about, the running back position. I mean, the running back position, the one guy that didn't test at all, uh, and which is good for... His draft stock, out of sight, out of mind, uh, out of Alabama. You know, we just, our new running back coach is from Alabama, uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, a guy who had a groin injury. But, you know, him not performing is was news to my ears. I mean, I was like, Music. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yes, okay, yes. Like Dallas Garden didn't, didn't perform last year, and I was like, yes. He's going to fall to the that, second round. Does that mean he drops a little bit? Yeah, because okay. no okay. uh, you know, they want to see how he runs. But I mean, you know, looking at the uh, the combine, like I mean, there were there was players like like Devin Singletary, a guy I've been saying I love. He's got the the McCoy, uh, shady McCoy juice, you know. Mm-hmm. He, if you go go look at Devin Singletary, FAU, he's got a, uh, it makes people miss like nobody's business. Um, you, you got Daryl Henderson uh, out of Memphis, guy ran like a, I believe four three six, a home run, a home run, a home run hitter. Like there's there's a there's a running back for every kind of in in in, in Philly we have uh, we utilize backs differently so we we you can welcome all these these running backs you got Damon Harris out of Alabama uh, who was also interesting or Miles Sanders if you you want to go a little bit later out of uh, Penn State um, I, I just think you know it's you know I think the second round is you know I, I know Eagle fans want a running back. Set one of the second round picks is a perfect spot to get a really quality running back, and I think if you're looking at uh, the Eagles doing their homework, you know they've at, at the combine they met with Josh Jacobs, Devin Singletary, Damien Harris, David Montgomery, another favorite. A lot of people, uh, Miles Sanders, Rodney Anderson, 
Bryce Love, another favorite of people, Dexter Williams. So they're really doing their homework on a lot of these mid-round running backs. So right. I think it, 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 thinking about this draft, it kind of fits perfectly into what the Eagles need. And they have to. They have to start making the running back position a priority in the NFL draft. You cannot Donnell Pumphrey this draft again. You, you, have, oh. you have got to, for the sake of Carson Wentz, for the sake of the offense. Uh, for a the balanced sa- offense. A, yeah. a balanced offense. You absolutely have to make running back a priority. But I agree with you, Gail. It might not be in the first round. Two second-round picks. This is where, you know, when people are moaning and groaning about trading back in the first round last year, you know, this is where the second-round pick becomes such a valuable position right now where the Ravens traded you to to go get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. This becomes valuable. Let me throw – we were just talking about defensive tackle. Let me throw DT at you. Like, in terms of, like, this draft, like, you know, Howie mentioned this is a historic draft. There are so many DTs that – uh, I'm talking from the first to the fourth that have talent. Chalk uh, full of them. Chalk full of them. I mean, <laughs> and, it, and it, the more that cornerbacks, wide receivers, QBs go higher, that means one is slipping down. And I like, you know, there's the, the top end of the draft, there's uh, Quentin Williams, Ed Oliver, I mean, for Sean Garrett. Like, these guys I'm not going to talk about because, because they're going to be up there. They're going to be gone. Yeah, yeah. You think either of the uh, Clemson guys get to us? Uh, and that's that's right there is where I want, you know, people will talk about Dexter Lawrence, a guy that, you know, he, he's more of a, a nose tackle. He's not going to give you that pressure that we'd like to see. If, if you're looking about a Timmy Jernigan, a guy that can give you some pressure on the, uh, you know, against the pass, uh, solid first to run. Christian Wilkins. Um, well, like first and foremost, I saw a twinkle in Gail's eye right <laughs> yeah, there. I, 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 I first saw a little man crush kind of first glow and foremost, about him. Jeff, anyone who's talked to me about the draft in my DMs, I've, I've championed Jeffrey Simmons as a DT out of Mississippi State. Torrey's ACL uh, working out. That was my guy. You pair that guy up with Fletcher Cox, uh, and also talking about the budget, we got to get cheaper for a player next to Fletcher Cox, who's he. he Rightfully so, he he makes what he makes, but we got to get cheaper next to him. Mm-hmm. So you, you're talking about not paying eleven million dollars for Timmy Jernigan. Now you draft, you, you draft a guy on day one who could step right in. Christian Wilkins out of Clemson moved up right into that area. Um, I, but I think you know there's teams like the Falcons, Vikings uh, that draft before us. That the Eagles, if they fall in love with this guy, if you guys do your homework on Christian Wilkins, look at the back end. Uh, you know his his backstory, and it's a great backstory. Graduated in two and a half years, got his master's. He's a he's a substitute teacher. Went back for his last year uh, to win a national championship. This guy is a, a locker room leader, uh, and that is a versatile has a versatile skill set across the defensive front. The dude scores touchdowns. He can play he can play fullback if you need him. <laughs> he's a versatile guy, but he he's a guy that you infuse him to, into your locker room. Uh, you know that that's that's when you think about what the Eagles do here. That's the kind of pick that they might even move up for that kind of talent. That's a two minute man crush rant right there. It was a that's man. A talent you, bro. Man crush. I've been and, watching and, and, everything, and, and, and that's Wilkins, right? Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins. Because I'm I'm underlining, I'm starring, I'm circling a couple players here. One of them is Singletary, Devin Singletary, and the other one is Wilkins. Let's keep it on the D line, defensive end. Talk to me. 
I'm a guy that, uh, you know, Montez Sweat, a guy that, you know, was in range, had a decent senior bowl, went to the combine, blew it up. Defensive ends that run 4-4, four, four, come on, like That's that crazy. are 6-6. Six, six. He, he kind of just moved out of our range. Like, he, he was a guy that's a little bit stiff, but, uh, you know, Montez Sweat, you know, running a 4-4 four, four off the edge, it's crazy. Uh, I, I don't think he's in our range anymore. But if he does fall, the Eagles could be interested. A guy, Brian Burns, out of Florida State, another defensive end out of Florida State. He's got that bend in the, uh, off the edge that you like. I always talk about that bend that Barnett brings to the table. Uh, you know, I think Brian Burns has that. He's a little undersized, but Ja'Kai Polite at the Combine, like we talked about the, the Combine being a test, he uh, rubbed teams the wrong way. Um, his draft stock might take a hit. He's kind of a you know situational pass rusher. Um, maybe not as strong against the run, run as you like, but he gets to the uh, quarterback. I think... After the combine, he could drop to the second round. So, you know, I mean, there's there's other players that um uh, that could be there, but there's offensive tackles, offensive linemen that are in the mix. Well, you, ju- you just right next on the list, offensive line specifically tackle. Talk to me. Uh, I mean, you know, the the, the top tackles, you know, Juwan Taylor, um, a guy like. Uh, Jonah Williams, who could potentially be a, a guard as well, probably won't be in the mix. Uh, maybe a guy like Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. Um, or if they wait um, to the second round, you might be able to get a, a Greg Little out of Ole Miss, uh, Yadney Kajust out of uh, West Virginia. We like those West Virginia players um, for some reason. But I, I think, it, if, um, like I said, three picks in the top 57 picks that's a perfect setup tell me gail if let's let's detach names from it let's just go positions after the end of day two what three positions do you hope that the eagles have drafted like in an iconic uh uh defensive line group you got it like there's no reason to go outside of defensive line like if if it's in range the perfect guys there Go get so your, are you saying two guys? Get your, get your, you could, you could. If there's another guy that's on the back end, like a defensive end, perhaps. But I, I really think you can address, you can address defensive line, offensive line in the first and second. There's there's guys fall right in range. You could get a safety. You could get a running back, or potentially one of the better receivers that are in draft. Lastly, the the last position I wanted to go over, just for grins and giggles, wide receiver. But besides the freakish athlete, was there anybody else that kind of stood out to you? Um, you know, a lot of guys will talk about Mar- Marquise Brown, um, the DJX clone out of mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Uh, he's a smaller guy, weighs 166 pounds. He showed up to uh, Oklahoma and weighing 140s in his freshman year. He's now about like 166. But he's a burner, dude. Like, he's a burner. Like, he's a vertical threat. I think if you infuse a guy like that into our offense, think about what we're missing. Uh, he has a list Frank surgery injury, um, and he's ha- he just had surgery on that. So I think if he moved into the second round, I'd be okay with that because um, that dude's freaky, explosive. Evan, that was an excellent question that you, that you posed. After day one and two, what – Positions, take the names away. What positions do you want to see drafted? And if I'm reading Gail's responses correctly, and if I'm reading the tea leaves here in front of in front of the table here at the Fourth and John's <laughs> Studios, you draft yourself a defensive tackle to replace Timmy Jernigan. 
draft yourself a defensive end, maybe and a running back, maybe trade their, uh, or I'm sorry, Michael Bennett, which that'll free up a little bit of cap room, so you can go ahead and sign C.J. Mosley. And there's your answer at line. Whoa. Yeah, it, in terms of linebacker. You like, you like it? I like yeah. it. Listen, like listen. It. Defensive tackle, defensive end, running back. You trade Michael Bennett, get a little bit of salary. That's crap fortifying room. defense right there. Yeah, C.J. Mosley. Balancing out the offense. You, you, you don't re-sign Hicks, and next thing you know, you got C.J. Mosley in the middle because he's got that tie with Joe Douglas. Bing! And it's not the biggest linebacker class. It's like really top-heavy. There's two guys, Devin White, Devin Bush from LSU and uh, Michigan. After that, it's you know mid-round guys that you're going to have to kind of guess on. So I think uh, you know, looking to f- free agency, you can find some guys, and 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 then again, you know, there's a you know, we're, we're playing a lot of safeties at linebackers these days. You, mm. If you see a versatile guy who plays safety and linebacker, uh, chances are the Eagles are interested. And you see, this is why I have a, Gale, a guy like Gale around. Because he sits there. It's not just the fashion on, 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 It is, <laughs> but he sits there on the couch, probably in his underwear, don't envision it, and watches the combine Sexy time. all week so that I can come in here having all the free time in the world and go, Gail, what do you Gail, hey. What do you think? Oh, this is, I'm telling you, like it's this is my life, and I, I thoroughly enjoy this time of year. This is like. I love That's what I was stuff. saying. This is this is for the guy, this time of year is for the guys that love football and the business side of football. I'm out there looking at interviews, looking at little things that that make uh, these picks interesting. Like going back to like a Jordan Matthews, he's a guy that went to the Senior Bowl and went to every single coach and asked for film on every prospect that was coming, cornerback prospect. I was like, that is an Eagle player because those are the those are the intangibles, That's the those are the little things that the Eagles like to look at. Like if you see those little things, you're like, you know, that's that's the kind of player the Eagles would like. So I mean, it's it's about the little things, and it's a lot of fun. I love this. I love this. It's Gale's. It, it's Howie season, and Hype. it is also Gale season. Before we get on out of here, because we're up against it, Gale, you're a wrestling fan? Not really. Back in the day, King, Hollywood. Hollywood, are you a wrestling fan? Shout out to King <sighs> well, Kong Bundy. L- listen, I, I, I've jumped on this opinion before on Twitter and got dragged. So I'm I'm just going to say that I respectfully don't watch wrestling. I'm not a big wrestling fan either. I certainly was in high school. By the way, shout out to my uh, dude, the Blue Meanie, and also Danny Cage, who recently I went down and visited the Monster Factory to see how his uh, wrestlers go ahead and train and everything. So I have an appreciation for it. I don't actively watch it. But apparently Monday Night Raw was at the Wells Fargo Center last night, and a dude by the name of Elias, maybe you've seen him, got, a, got kind of that Bryce Harper beard going on, yeah. but, but has a shtick that he plays a guitar. He once again roasted the city of Philadelphia. Why don't you play that for us? You know how I know I'm in Philly. How? Because a Stanley Cup is nowhere to be found. Uh. How's that? Does everyone here take such pride in this city? That is true. He's got a point. You know how I know I'm in Philly? How? Because everyone's mom looks like that googly-eyed slob gritty. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's going after gritty? Going after our moms, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather go after our moms than gritty. <laughs> 
Gritty's a national treasure. Oh, there's more. There's a little bit more. How's that? What? Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, we kind of did that one to ourselves. Yeah. We had that one coming. I want you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one more? It's one more. Final verse. No, senor! A jerk thing, but like, okay, that, what, that, what, that what, was what, just what, unnecessary. Yeah, it was unnecessary. It doesn't even rhyme. Last yeah. one. How? Oh, you son oh. of a! You took it too oh, far. Too far. You start this and you start this and gritty and bright. Listen, I'll let the horse manure and the mom stuff slide. You want to talk about gritty and Bryce Harper? You stepped. You stepped across the line, man. You stepped across the line. Hey, we appreciate it. We're back to work. It feels great to be back. Want to give a special birthday shout out to our boy Puga Twenty. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Puga! I hope you're having a lot of fun. Be safe, if you know what I mean. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and all those things. Follow us at 4th and John on Twitter and Instagram. Again, we're going live on YouTube, and we even went live on the Instagram account, so make sure you check us out on Facebook, too, 4th and John. Feels good to be back. Yeah! E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? Appreciate y'all putting words in my mouth. Your hair is uneven. You look dusty. Good observation. Dang, that's kind of dope. Let's talk about these Eagles fans. Dude. One of the most hardest hitting safeties in the league. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. 
everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 